makeup can make or break a movie. Do you remember films that either um, have done it really well, like Star Trek, or done it really badly? I'm thinking some of the early Doctor Who stuff, which is just cute now, but it's certainly an art. If you watched the Oscars a couple of week ago, weeks ago, you might have seen two blokes get up on stage looking pretty thrilled to accept the golden statue for best makeup for the movie Wolfman. The Wolfman, Rick Baker and Dave Elsie. It's gross. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to The Wolfman, Rick Baker and Dave Elsie. Now, while they were up on stage collecting the award, a Perth man by the name of Alan Murphy was watching at home, fairly open-mouthed. He had worked on that project himself. And it's just one in a number of very big films he's been involved with now, and he joins us in the studio on afternoons. Great to have you here. Hello, Julian. How are you? That must have been an amazing experience, working on a horror movie like it that. It was, yes. It was my first horror movie, in fact, really. I'd done, like, Fifth Element, which is a sci-fi movie, uh, which was more, I was working the creature department for that. But yes, Wolfman was my first. And it was a real genre movie. It's also a remake of a 1941, the original 1941 Wolfman. And in fact, Benicio del Toro, who was the star of the film, he was a great fan of that original movie. So uh, he instigated the whole project and he played the Wolfman. So, oh, was I mean, he like a fan of the movie? Yeah, a fan of the movie. He had original posters from when the first film came out. Apparently, I never went to his place, but, uh, you know, he his. Some of his rooms were covered in Wolfman memorabilia and stuff. And he's a real horror fan. So, yeah, he, he went to Universal and um, talked to the guys there and, about this project with his partner. And uh, they decided to go with it. He's quite mad to have done that because he ended up spending three and a half hours in a makeup chair each day that he was in makeup to uh, perform for probably about three or four shots a night. So, you know, he... You'd have to be keen. Yeah, you would have to be keen. And he was, but he loved it. He he really loved it. He he went right over the top with the character. In fact, a lot more than what you actually see in the film. I mean, he just went to places that the original movie never went to. And, of course, they developed the story a lot more than what the original film was. In fact, it was quite a short film. But, uh, yeah, it was my first gothic horror film, so it was a great... Uh, and what was he like to work with? He's great. He's really good. All the guys that I that were on the film uh, were brilliant. But because he loved the project so much and he so wanted to do it, he was up for every challenge. I mean, you know, he'd say, more blood, more blood, Alan, more blood. And we'd be pouring blood into his mouth, or not real blood, of course, fake artificial blood, and also black uh, food dye to make it look even more gory. Um, so, like you know, old blood. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Which stained the uh, Emily Blunt's costume incredibly, and we got into trouble for that because... <laughs> They only had a certain number of costumes, but he was really, you know, he's just keen. He just loved the project. So. Why do you make something like a wolfman's costume out of? Uh, well, it's we we made it out of yak hair. Was the hair that we discovered was the best looking wolfy hair. So in fact, we bought the whole the world out of yak hair. Would you believe? Because people deal in yak hair, of course. Were any uh, yaks injured? In <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Universal made sure that there were no yaks <laughs> injured in the movie. Uh, they always make sure for all those things. So yes, it was all done uh, well and truly above board. But we actually had people dyeing yak hair for probably a month or two before we even started the project, uh, just finding the right colours. And, of course, we end up using a combination of colours. And that, that hair was actually individually um, woven or, in fact, um, stitched into a lycra, basically a lycra jumpsuit, really, that was stretched over 
a muscle suit that we built. So we initially got uh, put Benizio in a plaster mould or made a plaster mould of him so that we could get a fibreglass uh, real shape of Benizio. And then we covered that with a lycra um, suit. Is it this like plaster mould? Is it all but the eyes, like little holes yes. for the well, eyes? Well, we, and... we did do his head, but we did his head separately because I think that would be too much for even Benizio to be completely covered in plaster in one go. But he was literally standing in, a, in our plasters workshop holding on to two pieces of wood while we threw – well, I didn't, but the, the plaster guys threw plaster all over him and, and then made a full-body shape of him that we then cast up in fibreglass. So we had exactly his shape, and then we used foam and rubber and uh, lycra and all sorts of uh, other, other technologies to – or basically fabric technologies to build up a muscle suit. Basically, the shoulders had to be really high and, and uh, the waist really tight – and, and lots of stuff on the thighs of his legs and stuff. So we built all that up out of lycra. And then um, over that, we stretched a, uh, a lycra suit that had been pre-punched with all this yak hair. Uh, and then separately to that, we built, we made um, like these long gloves that came up to just under his elbow uh, with claws on the front. So obviously it wasn't his real hands. We sculpted onto his hands, onto his real hands, um, the claws and then put nails in the front of that, and Crazy. it was my job every night to get him in and out of the um, out of those claws, which were usually completely covered in blood. Because this film, because it was a gothic horror film, we shot uh, at Pinewood Studios in London. But there's a lovely forest out the back there called um, uh, Blackburn's Forest, I think, which is literally right behind Pinewood and is used for lots of movies. And we spent a couple of months between six p.m., which was our breakfast, and six a.m., which was our dinner time uh shooting this movie all night long so for, for benny it was even worse for him i mean i was prepping up the costume because my job was to get him into the costume to join the the neck makeup the neck uh, section of his makeup to the body and um and then uh zip him in and get him in the car down to the location but uh uh, he he had three and a half hours, or well, usually four hours before that, in the makeup chair. So he was there probably about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, getting prepped up, uh, having the makeup put on, and then um, came in. T- well, he went to his trailer, and I met him in his trailer where where we had this <laughs> jumpsuit. So it was always a bit of a laugh getting him out of his clothes and into a wolf costume. I'd be running behind him with his many varieties of claws and because uh, we had hard claws in case he needed to scratch some bark away from a tree and we had soft claws so he didn't damage Emily Blunt as he lunged at her, which he did as frequently as he could. I bet. Uh, <laughs> Who wouldn't? So, uh, yeah, so um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was lots of long nights, often Makeup. in the rain, oh. cold, March, England. England. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> Alan Murphy, makeup artist, is our guest on Afternoons. How do you get into a line of work like that? Well, I've always wanted to do it since I was a kid. Since I was five, I've been making puppets, and my mum took me to puppet classes in Osborne Park here in Perth. So I always wanted to work in the theatre. I worked at the WA Opera Company many years ago when, as a, an ASM when I was 15. So I was lucky to get sort of opportunities to get, to, to get into the theatre and I studied theatre at Waite then, which is now Curtin University, did the theatre course there and did before Whopper, well, this was before Whopper was around because Whopper now deals with lots of design. I was always interested in design really and puppetry 
that side of it and and effects and stuff like that so yeah so i was really interested and i got to design lots of shows here in perth back in the 80s early 80s and then i thought well i might as well go over to england i did i couldn't get into america i would have liked to go to america actually probably though green cards were hard to get at that stage but uh, england i could get into to to work so i thought i'd give it a year with a friend of mine we went over and uh, yeah and just started to i my real love is model animation so my first job was with the company that made the wombles way back when oh, and when the I yes, when I was about ten, I I saw the Wombles and I loved that. Underground, overground, wombling yeah. free. <laughs> and so good for this era about litter and all that stuff. Way before its time, that show, you know, cleaning up Wimbledon Common as they were all the time. Those and do you look back now and think? Because I mean, when you make something like that, do you mm. just accept that when people look back in twenty years or thirty years, that it's? Um, do you just sort of hope they look at it with retro? cute value yeah, because it's going to be kind of out, outdated. I guess so. I've done lots of – I did lots of shows in England that uh, – animations that uh, probably have never come here that are now on YouTube and with millions of hits from students who were studying at that time and this crazy – Huxley Peak was one show that we did, which was just a crazy show that no one really knows about. But there's a whole – sea of people whenever i mention i worked on teenage mutant ninja turtles oh yes you always know what sort of age group you're talking to depending on the film that you you've worked on so and and those films all take on a life of their own so really i i i'm part of the team that creates those films but it's and you've worked on red dwarf yes one of some of the original series when it was shot up in manchester how do you make all those crazy space things because you've got to um you could really go wild with your imagination there we're doing this gold uh, astronaut costume for Cat, and he had a bit. I think he had some kind of um, uh, Mohican yes, style yeah. hairdo. So we had to make a. We had a. We already had a helmet. A that bit we were like on a feral pig. Yeah, with that's it. right. So we made a helmet, normal astronaut helmet. Then did a, a Mohican on top of it and covered it in gold leaf. Uh, you know, the designer would come to us and say, "This is kind of the idea that I've got," and with a few photos or stuff, but, or, and or sometimes a complete design. Very often not though, and and then leave it with us, and and we'd work on. On, on the stuff and and go back to them and you know it was yeah it was a there was a whole line of uh, lot in the eighties was when I was there initially I set up a company with a friend of mine and we made for TV and film and theatre and all sorts of strange stuff was going you know it's just crazy but I mean there's just so much going on there that. Uh, it's you, quite easy to fall into it, really. And you worked on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I did the recent Tim Burton version, yes. Indeed. He must be a crazy man. No, well, yeah, inwardly. Mm. He, I would often he be looked, the he only... pretty outwardly as well. <laughs> yeah, well, what he... What he <laughs> I love the... That? Yeah, it's amazing what he's done, that his vision is now a whole subdivision of culture, I think, among a lot of people. But he, he's quite a quiet – he was a quiet chap. I was often in the workshop on my own looking after the workshop while everyone else was out having lunch. And he would pop in. He'd cycle in in this big black cycle that he had and he'd just wander in. I'd say, hi, Tim. Hello. And he'd wander around and look at all the stuff we were doing, making our umpalumpas and our fat suits and all the other stuff we were doing and just sort of ponder and, are you all right over there, Tim? Yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. His his wife, much Helen Helen Bonham Bonham Carter. Carter is mad. Well, she's not mad, but she's marvelous. in a in a lovely way. In a lovely <laughs> she bought way. Her, they just had their son, so she brought her son around when we were doing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and loved the little socks that we were making for the Oompa Loompas. So we made her some special socks so that she could take them home because he loves 
the black and white stripe on just about everything that he does. You know, Tim Burton is part of his design. Oh, yes, he does too, now yeah. that you mention it. It's, it's everywhere, isn't <laughs> it? Is it really? Alan Murphy's a makeup, a costume technician, and worked on heaps of movies. If you've got a question for him, ring in 1300 222 720 or 1992720 to text. And you worked on the Harry Potter movies, The yeah. uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, I did another werewolf for that. That was the film with the werewolf. Werewolves are your specialty. Not at all, but that just <laughs> happens to be, that's, that's what I get asked to do. So. And with Nail and I, which is a cult, it is. It's another cult, cult classic, I mean, we absolutely were, brilliant. We just set up our company in Chelsea, and they uh, they were shooting just down the road in in um, Kensington. And we knew this designer, and she'd been we'd been doing commercials and things. And she said, "Can you do do me? A re- I've got this really weird stripy lining that I want to put in an overcoat, and I need some high heel, sort of seventies high heel boots made up." And we went, oh, yeah, okay, because it was just part of the deal. And then, and then it transpired, you know, it was more and more of the work came in that it was Whitnail and I. But, but I didn't, you know, that, that took a while to grow that, um, the status of that film. And it was just another one of those films that you work on. But it's great when you look back in, in retrospect at, at all that stuff. Oh, it's amazing. What's the craziest <laughs> thing you've ever had to design? Uh, lots of crazy things. Well, no, I don't know. We did sheep. We did, for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a three-second shot, or probably a two-second shot at, towards the end of the movie. There's all these pink sheep. Tim Burton came to us. We just packed up our workshop at the, in December. We were ready to go. And then uh, Tim's production manager phoned and said, we need um, 15 candy floss sheep, and you've got two weeks because we're wrapping in two weeks. And we went, ah, oh. Okay. So we didn't source the sheep, but there were sheep on Harry Potter, actually, because Harry Potter was shooting down the road. So the sheep um, trainer from Harry Potter brought her sheep over to us, um, and Tim came and did a drawing on the desk of what he wanted the sheep to look like. It was basically a candy floss, round, pink sheep with a head sticking out of the end of it. And uh, it was then up to us in a week and a half to get all... So how did you make them? (laughs) Well, we we put basically uh, padding on the top and bottom of the sheep. First of all, we had to get to be friendly with the sheep because they were, although they were quite well trained anyway to be used to strangers, you you had to go into the pen every morning when you got to work and just, you know, sit sit there and feed them and stuff. And then eventually we managed to get these um, like big mattress, but basically like a pillow on, on top of them and underneath them and then a canvas wrap around them. And then we'd got alpaca fur, which is which we dyed pink, so we had to get that all sourced and dyed, and um, uh, th- we covered. We basically patterned the shape that we found for the sheep, and um, and covered them in pink al- alpaca fur, and then we had one day. It was a, the actual last day of shooting. We were in this green screen H stage all day, just with sheep that wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. They, we had to paint their toenails pink. We had to spray their faces pink. We also had an American. RSPCA lady over who was flown over specially to make sure that, that no the, sheep were injured, no sheep were in injured the... or in any way destabilized. Destabilized. And they were wonderful, and we did a wonderful job. So that was her job for the for the week that we were there. And you worked in uh, Jim Henson. We're, no, we're nearly out of time, and I just yeah. have so much to ask you. But uh, I mean, you've worked with Doctor Who. You worked in Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Yes. That, he did you meet? I met him. Yes, briefly. Um, it, I was working there in the 90s. Uh, I'd always wanted to work at the Henson the Creature Muppets Shop. The Muppets are just such yeah. an incredible yes, creation. They, they are fab. Well, the Muppets were built in New York at that stage, and they still are in his New York uh, workshops. And we were in charge of all the other stuff, creature stuff, like Dark Crystal and uh, Labyrinth, and, and they did lots of TV commercials and um, other Flintstones and uh, Ninja Turtles and all those films as well. So we uh, used to come in in the morning, walk through the corridor and see all those skeksis from... Um, 
from the Dark Crystal and, and the Labyrinth film sort of lining the corridors. I didn't have anywhere else to put them. It was a huge workshop, but building life-size dinosaurs in one room. And uh, it, it was quite an incredible time when you look back at it, you know. And we, I, we, we were all involved in various creatures and stuff. But bits of puppetry, but, yeah, the main – Kermit the Frog wasn't with us much of the time. Well, Kermit's a very busy frog, I hear. Oh, well, working with the Wombles, I think, must have been a a career (laughs) highlight. I just absolutely love that show. It's just been wonderful talking to you. you, I think you have the best job in the world. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. (laughs) Alan Murphy with us on Afternoons, 26 minutes past two. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jenny.